Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, good beautiful Jerusalem morning. My name is Andrea Simintel, and you are listening to Pull Up a Chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I always didn't tell you how beautiful the morning is, but I have to tell you, I'm packing up my caravan, and I'm planning on going up north to the Kinneret for Shabbos, and the fork <laughs> is for rain. And I said to the husband, I don't care. We have to have our cabin in the woods. Ours happen to have, have uh, four wheels on it, and we have to experience rain, but just to be away into another beautiful corner of our country. Okay. So today's show, uh, there's kind of a theme, and I think it's mostly about reaching out and connecting. But the question is, do we connect with kindness, with laughter? The seasons are changing. Are we changing as well? Or are we sticking to the same rut and the same attitudes? So today, even as we look at the Parsha, the Torah portion, we're going to be talking about speaking up, speaking out, and choosing the messages that we share. Because just like the Torah portion, and just like so many interactions, and so much even in the realm of working and interacting and socializing and synagogue and church attendance and even parenting, are we running away from confrontation? running toward resolution, are we running toward truth? Also, um, I'm going to share with you another Jerusalem gem. And this gem is called Yad Kashish. Uh, it's a very special place. We're going to speak with the public relations director, my new best friend named Susan. And I just want to tell you sort of as a heads up, Yad Kashish is a place where impoverished elderly citizens find absolutely new meaning as they traverse, you know, bureaucracies in a new country, as well as reassessing and coming to terms with old age, and the old age that is far different than the one that they perhaps dreamed of in the salad day of their youth. So all of that and more, when we come back, very excited. Oh, one more thing. When you, uh, please remember, drop me a note. At Andreas. <laughs> okay, we'll talk more when we come back on the other side. Israel is located in one of the most volatile areas in the world. Israel is an island of stability and a sea of war and unrest. In the midst of this turmoil, Israel stands out as a beacon of order and human progress. Each week we update you on what's happening in this, the Jewish state, a true light unto the nations. This is Jay Shapiro. Join me every Thursday on Israel News Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning. We are back. My name is Andrea Simito, and you are listening to Pull Up a Chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Okay. The name of today's show is Wrestling, I think Wrestling with Angels, 
wrestling with powers. I don't remember what the name of the show is, but it has to do with the wrestling, the fight between good and bad. And I was made aware this week, um, delicate, delicate subjects, and I, but I'm certain that anybody listening in can relate. The power of silence. What is it in this generation we were given this delicious, this delightful, this powerful, blessed and holy gift of speech? And today, speech emanates through our fingertips, through what we do on computers, what we do via social media. Anyway, I'm thinking to myself, you know, very often a parent or a spouse will diss their child or belittle their mate in front of other people, thinking somehow that we are property of one another rather than a blessed gift given from heaven. I can remember hearing of a mother who used to say about her children in front of other people, ha ha, yuck, yuck. Well, you know, my children aren't Harvard material. How do you think those children are going to grow up? Are they going to believe that they could reach for the stars? Or are they going to believe, don't even aspire? Because clearly, the most important person in my life has determined that I am not Harvard material. What about the woman who says, my husband, he's fun and friendly, but my husband is a hoarder. Says it to people who are strangers. Why is that man's difficulty or dilemma or maybe not a problem, what he considers a gift. Why is it on display? I had a client yesterday who did not feel that she is beautiful. For a woman to feel not feminine, for a woman to deny her birthright as being the pretty member of the species, to sit and say, I can't compete in the world of women. Don't even bother. And this woman was sitting in my chair. We were doing a makeover. And she told me that once she went to a simcha, to a beautiful event, and someone said to her, oh, you're wearing makeup. You look like a man in drag. Take that in for a moment. Ha, ha, yuck, yuck. Whatever comes out of anybody's mouth, generally, 99% has to do with them. But that old adage, that what they used to say, what was it? Sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never harm me. A greater lie was never told. Words injure, words wound. Why would a woman like that even try? What gives us the right to use the blessed power of speech to injure one another for cleverness, for the bone moat. What unholy influences are we permitting to pull our strings? I put this out to all of you listening in because I too wrestle with this. I have the gift of gab. We make jokes about Jewish women and their ability to talk, 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 yada, yada, yada. So I have to ask myself, and I ask anybody listening in, when we open up our mouths to speak, to use that precious tongue that is guarded behind the two gates, 
the gates of the closed teeth and the gates of the closed lips, like beautiful jewelry, supposed to be lifted out of its precious hiding place and worn for special occasions? Who are we allowed to pull our tongue strings? Is it gossip columnists? Is it page six of the New York Post? Rise up, all of us. Let's rise up. Let's speak kindly. And let's not injure one another for the sake of a humorous moment and the mocking of others. Okay. Today's program is a little bit about deceit. The Parsha, the Torah portion, talks to us about deceit. Um, running away from the things that are staring us in the in the face. We know that this is the Parsha where Yaakov wrestles with the angel. So we're going to give a lot of Torah uh, homework today. You notice like I'm kind of like all over the map. I'm having trouble speaking. I think I was so horrified by this cruel thing I had heard yesterday that I'm having trouble recovering. Okay. So before we go into all of our lofty stuff, let's have an Israel woo-hoo moment. Woo-hoo. Israel, a Jerusalem firm, has launched the world's first saliva pregnancy test. Okay? I think you spit in a cup. An Israeli company is launching the world's first pregnancy test that delivers results from a saliva sample using technology that resulted from the COVID-19 testing methodology. This is fantastic. This is why really research, biology, study, disease has to be studied. The magic that comes, what was it? (laughs) I think that, um, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that Viagra was created from experiment for Parkinson's. I don't know, something crazy. Anyway, the firm is called Salignostics. It's a Jerusalem-based medical startup, and they've been working on this pregnancy um, test. It's really fat. So anyway, they successfully completed these clinical trials in Israel on more than 300 women, both pregnant and not pregnant. And now they're beginning the approval process with the uh, FDA in America. So that is a real woohoo moment. And that's that. Okay. I want to get to this because, you know, I don't do politics, do not like it, but, but, but in the world has gone crazy realm. Here is a student. I do not know the student's name. Clearly he is underage. He has been suspended from his New Hampshire school for saying that, um, for saying that there are only two genders. Okay, apparently he was on the bus, and um, what happened to this kid on the bus? Some girls, they were fighting, a student, uh, let's just see what happened. He was on the bus, he was engaged in a conversation, and friends talked about the difficulty in using the new plural pronouns, because they were studying Spanish, and it didn't work in Spanish, but Spanish, very clearly, like Hebrew, like French, like Italian, uses two-gender terminology. So a female student overheard the discussion and she said, there are only two genders. The boy responded, no, oh, there are more than, and he said, no, there isn't. There are only two genders. The conversation fell down to its most base level. The boy was suspended for engaging in a contentious exchange and 
what I'm happy to hear is that the boy said that he will continue to maintain that. Okay. I'm going to get flack for this one. I really am. Okay, because you're going to be surprised what side I fall down on. A New York City teacher has been banned from wearing his proud Zionist T-shirt in a school that allows BLM, Black Lives Matters, garb. Okay, so he's enraged because he learned the hard way that it's okay to wear Black Lives Matter T-shirts to work at his woke Brooklyn school, but not pro-police or pro-Israel garb. Jeffrey Levy is upset about this. And so he, of course, files a discrimination complaint over not being allowed to wear his self-made shirt, which features the star of David. Understand, he went and had this shirt made. And so he was told by the principal that the students and staffers complained. And also when he wears a back the blue T-shirt he previously wore. Okay. This is where we're going to have a problem. All right. Mr. Levy is upset. He says, none of my attire, my actions, or my beliefs endanger the emotional or physical safety of students or staff. I want to ask you something. Jeffrey Levy wearing his Zionist T-shirt. Why are teachers being allowed to proclaim political sides, social beliefs, sexual, gender-related bends? The principal writes back to him, who actually is a Indian in um, ethnically. He says, schools are not public forums for advancing personal political views. And per the Department of Education regulations, employees are prohibited from using schools for the purpose of political expression. This, oh, that wasn't him. It was the, uh, the DOE spokesperson. This principal's request follows complaints from students and staff and is consistent with policies around political neutrality in schools. Neutrality, my butt. There is no neutrality. But my question is, not for Jeffrey Levy's shirt, which I personally think he should not be permitted to wear in school. But neither should a back of the blue. Black Lives Matters. Indeed, there should be one standard of all for everybody. But that is not what's going on. And I need to understand what is happening in not just the New York City schools. I had no idea what church or synagogue my teachers went to. I had no idea who they voted for. I had no idea what their sexual orientation was. And I will say something, maybe at the risk of sounding a little bit like Archie Bunker, I think that all of us were better off for that. There is something very sick very twisted whether you have to scream i'm a proud jew i'm a proud gay i'm a proud cop keep it out of the classroom andrea simintov i'll see you on the other side
The Tamar Yona Show. Tamar? She's sassy. She's smart. She's funny. But she's also a real Jewish mother. Hi, everybody. I'm Tamar Yona. And yes, I can be all of those things. But at Israel News Talk Radio, I'm here to bring you the news stories and guests that you may not hear anywhere else. Join me live on air Sundays, Mondays, and Tuesdays for the most unique and bold talk radio in Israel. The Tamar Yona Show. Shalom, I'm Leah Aharoni. Join me on my show, News from the Torah. Each Sunday, we'll use the weekly Torah portion as a prism for understanding the news today. Listen to News from the Torah to gain clarity about the times we're living in and to understand your own spiritual path in the process. News from the Torah every Sunday on Israel News Talk Radio. And we're back. Andrea Simintov, pull up a chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Okay, there's something I want to share with you because we're all very close. And you know, I like to bring on friends. I like to bring on people who I like. So I have to just give this a very fast intro, but you're going to hear two two fabulous Jewish women speaking at a rate of speed that really defies the imagination. Anyway, please, God, I am going to overseas to visit family members um, in the beginning of December, and I was really at a loss of what to purchase for them. These family members, most of them are not Jewish. Most of them um, have a very warm spot for Israel. However, I'm not going to sit and bring them all kinds of religious stuff. Usually, you know, you bring the pretty mezuzahs, um, you know, the wall pieces, you bring all kinds of Shabbos challah covers. No, I have to get something special. But I thought, what can I bring that is special? What kind of gifts can I bring that are special, Israel-centric, but people-loving, people-embracing? And suddenly, I remembered that we have a little magical spot in Israel called Yad Lekashish. Okay, and I'll tell you that what that is all about in a minute. Anyway, I went running over, put on my put on my uh, running shoes. I ran over to the Yad Lekashish gift shop, and there I met a fabulous, not just a wonderful salesperson, a wonderful representative, but I can really say my new good friend Susan Lebetkin, who is kind of jack of all trades public relations director, face of Yad Hashish, and good friend to Andrea. Susan, are you on the line? I'm here. Okay, good. I understand good morning. that you're hungover this morning, that you're a big mess, you've been out drinking and Not partying. Not exactly hungover, but yeah, I was out late, so. Okay, Susan, tell us a minute. So Yad Hashish that I am very fond of, um, it's, a vol- it's generally a volunteer organization. What... So the yacht, I, I bought some very beautiful art pieces, a lot of ceramic and a lot of silk on fabric things to bring. Where did this come from? Who makes the stuff? Um, who, who makes the stuff? Good question. Yes. Um, so we actually have 230 elderly artisans uh, who come Sunday to Thursday from 8 to 12, and mm-hmm. they make everything by hand. Uh, we have nine different workshops nine different types of art with a professional artist in charge of each department. Um, 
and we Can provide quickly, this as a quickly, service. Run down the art shop. Susan, tell me quickly, what are the art shops you have? Very quickly, what do you have? I'm sorry, I'm having trouble hearing you now. I said, what do you have? I know you have silk. I know you have ceramic. What else ah, do you have? We also have um, metal, paper mache. Uh, we have our original workshop. Uh, we've been around since 1962. Uh, the original workshop was a book bindery. Uh, we still uh, rebind books today, uh, but we also make recycled paper from uh, shredded paper, like uh, recycled shredded paper. And we make greeting cards with the recycled paper, which are uh, hand-painted. We also have uh, 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 knitting. Right, right. And wood. You also have wood, a wood shop. Yeah, each one, uh, a wood workshop. Yeah, we have the wood workshop also. Um, Yeah, we have nine different types of art. I interrupted you. I interrupted you, and you were doing great. So where do these where do these artists come from? Okay, where do they, are they all like professional artists? No, are, none of them are. Well, very few of them are professional artists. Some of them were artists at some point in their life, but most of them are not. Um, what we do here, most of them are immigrants. Ninety percent of our two hundred and thirty elderly artisans are immigrants. Uh, a lot of them immigrated later in life and found it difficult between the language and skills to be able to really work in Israel and integrate completely. Um, So what we do is we provide them a way to have a dignified way of, quote, earning. It's not really, um, they're not working per se, uh, but we do provide them with a monthly stipend and a hot lunch each day and a monthly travel pass so they can get to work. And they can also go to doctor's appointments and visit family and friends. And we have a few other perks uh, along the way. Uh, for example, uh, winter's coming, and it's getting cold here in Jerusalem. And yeah. we are offering, we are giving them each a winter bonus. Uh, in fact, this coming Tuesday is Giving Tuesday. All the proceeds from, that we uh, receive on Giving Tuesday is going towards this winter bonus. To help okay. them with uh, extra heating costs, if they need to buy, you know, space heaters or boots or extra coat. Um, so we try and provide for them and give them the give them what they need. Everyone here is above retirement age, and right. they are um, they're all below the poverty line. So these are people who need our help, basically. Susan, uh, I need to jump in here and say something. You know. Because it's so critical that anybody listening to this understands, because what they're hearing is they might think that we're talking about like arts and crafts, sort of like a camp project, uh, or the the kids come home from nursery school. This stuff is gorgeous. It absolutely everything is very, very professional. Um, Everything is checked before it comes into our gift shop to check for any flaws or, you know, like anything that might have happened along the way. Um, everything here is, uh, very professional. They can check, everybody should go check it out on our website, um, www.lifeline.org.il. But that's um, Lifeline, everybody, Lifeline. It'll be in the show notes. Um, Lifeline.org.il. And, um, you can see it's, it's beautiful. It's really professional. We have, uh, we use a lot of high-tech, um, equipment here, especially in our metal department. Uh, the right. way that they saw out the metal and they add uh, a coating to it so it doesn't tarnish or anything. It's very high quality 
uh, crafts. And, um, yeah, the things so are really beautiful. Let me ask and we you really something like else. having you come, Andrea. It's so much fun when you come to the gift shop. I love it. Well, because it's really one of those off-the-beaten-path places that unless you know about it, unless it's being covered by your travel agent, you just might miss it. And it's really very, very special, even the area where it is. it's. Please tell us a little bit about the magnificent building. I mean, it's walkways. You really are stepping into old Jerusalem. But also, take a minute and tell us about the founder, Miriam, well, I can't remember. You Miriam tell us Mindelo. everything. Yes, yeah, tell Miriam us about Mindelo, that. Um, was a school teacher. We're talking about 1962. So the country mm-hmm. was a very young country and very focused on um, educating the young and building a, a country. Um, so oftentimes the elderly were neglected in this process and not seen as like a worthy cause. So Mary Mendelow was a school teacher and she would walk to work and she would see in the streets these elderly men who were um, basically begging, had no food, um, struggling, struggling to be yeah. here. So she um, she hired a professional bookbinder and eight of these gentlemen, and she started right. a bookbindery. And the bookbindery was a dual process because, one, it gave the elderly a way to earn money and feel like uh, a good part of society, where the young right. people came that her students would bring the books to them. So they would see that the older people had a purpose and that they were um, useful and needed people, and the older people enjoyed having the young people come visit them. So it was a dual um, dual purpose, and it expanded over the years, and now we're about to enter our 60th anniversary um, yeah. this coming year. And, so I uh, want to, it's fantastic. And there's so much. And when you wrap up the presents, they're all wrapped very beautifully. And you see, and you always give a brochure. So whoever's buying from them, I know on site, I haven't bought online, but you get the whole history. So whoever is getting one of these top draw, magnificent gifts, and you also have, you know, very, I mean, you have a lot of Judaica there um, for people who want Sabbath candles and challah covers and things like that. But one of the things I do really want to emphasize is that these gifts are top of the line and they're very suitable for everyone. Unlike other famous gift shops in Jerusalem, which really have a very, let's say, a Jewish bend, Yad Kashish really celebrates a lot of the gifts, certainly the ones that I bought for non-Jewish friends, I, they were filled with pomegranates and olive leaves, those kind of designs, the Lion of Judah. So people get that sense of the preciousness and the holiness of holy Jerusalem and holy Israel without necessarily having to learn a lot about Judaism. Would you agree with that? Do you have more to add? Um, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, actually, normally, pre-corona, we would have many, many tour groups who would come through here every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, part of the tour would end up in the gift shop, which was 20% of our annual budget. Um, right. and now with Corona and the lack of tourism, that has really caused us, uh, you know, a bit of a problem. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, um, the tour groups were all different types of tour groups, whether Jewish, not Jewish, religious, all not right. religious, all different types of people. And 
everybody loves it. Once you come here and you see, we offer a free tour Sunday through Thursday in the mornings, um, which is also available. Okay, wait, really Susan, love. you know what? We're running out of time. Okay, you have sorry. done. This is great. No, no, no. Oh, it's www.lifeline.org, and they can write and they can find and write to you directly, Susan Lebetkin, okay? And thank anybody you. who wants to know more, write to me. Susan, thank you for being on. Maybe we'll get together a little bit again. We'll get again before Pesach, before Passover. <laughs> Does that work Sounds for you? Sounds great. I look forward to seeing you. Okay, put a cold cloth on your head. Okay, everybody. (laughs) That's Susan Lebeckin, and guess what? When we come back, we're going to do Parsha. In a time where feelings have become fact, where rational thought and common sense has disappeared, one man stands above it all. I'm Howie Sobaker, your political hitman. Political Hitman airs every Tuesday at 11.59 p.m. North American time, 7 a.m. Israeli time, only on Israel News Talk Radio. Are you interested in transforming your life, drawing closer to the Creator, and uncovering the deeper meanings and hidden treasures in the Hebrew Bible? Then join me, Rav Yitzhak Michelson, and me, William Hall, on the Science of Kabbalah, where we are seeking to narrow the gap between what we understand of our physical and spiritual worlds. So make sure to tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Israel Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, here on Israel News Talk Radio. Simmental, pull up a chair on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Okay, so that was really very, that was a lot of fun. Okay, you know what? We also did it because, I mean, listen, we're getting up to the holiday season, the holiday season. And um, Hanukkah is really around the corner. So I really thought you couldn't start without a mention of one of my favorite places, Yad Vakashish. Okay, you know, one of the, you know, for your... From, your, from the Torah to your Shabbos table, we always talk about things that we can talk about, things that we can bring up, no matter what walk of life we actually come in, what door we come in on. And one of the things I came across, you know, I mentioned very often Rabbi Zelig Pliskin. I love Rabbi Pliskin. So Rabbi Zelig Pliskin, he quotes from the Midrash, um, there are those who censure Yaakov, our father Yaakov, Jacob, for the uninitiated, but we'll call him Yaakov, was sending messengers to Esav. You know, the text says to us, Esav had already calmed down about Yaakov's taking the blessings from their father Yitzchak and was involved in his own matters. So it really makes us question, you know, by sending messengers, Yaakov, what does he do? He starts up with Esav and arouses his anger. Some might say he he poured um, salt into the wounds. By bringing up an issue when it's not necessary to do so, it certainly opens up the possibility of causing new quarrels that are avoidable. This is what 
I encourage all of us to think about. You know, a lot of people spend numerous hours engaged in quarrels and arguments about matters that really practically no longer make a difference. So, you know, that whole, I remember coming out of the late 70s, early 80s, everybody was talking about closure, closure. We can't move on until we have closure. Well, you know what happens while you're working on that closure thing? Life passes us by. So really, discuss that principle of not rekindling arguments that have long been forgotten. And maybe, I don't know about you, but I'm going to extend my discussion to the consequences involved should you not heed the advice. What have you seen about that? Okay. So we seem to find our father, Yaakov, he's always engaged in some sort of flight. You know, of the three avot, of the three fathers, Avraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Avraham really represented the dawn. Everything was available. A whole new world was out there waiting to be spoken to, taught to, discovered, and made holy. Then you have Yitzchak, who comes from that sunlit world of Abraham, looking kind of at the dust, the years, what I call the Yaakov years, lying ahead. And then you have, indeed, Yaakov, who really is fleeing. He's born into conflict. He lives a life of conflict, and he's running. He flees from the wrath of his brother Esau, and he spends decades, decades in exile in the house of Levan. How do you say Levan in English? I think it's Laban. Laban. Um, eventually, he's forced to free from Levan when it becomes obvious to him that dishonesty, corruption, idolatry, and my favorite word, deceit, characterize that house. And his physical health is endangered, but even more so, he's spiritually struggling. And also his family. I just, I have to aside, I don't have it in my notes, but you know, it's an irony. It's like we once had a dog, and the dog was a little wire, it was terrible, wiry hair, you could cut your hair petting that dog, and the dog's name was Fluffy. There was nothing fluffy about the dog. Well, here in this case, he flees from the deceitful, dishonest, horrible house of Levan. And Levan actually translates to fight. You know, fight representing the purity, the cleanliness, the virginal honesty. And of course, it's like saying, look at me, look at me. Um, Believe what I say I am, not what my deeds say I am. Just thought I would do that out of the side. Okay, so because of all of this, he flees the house of Levan, and he tries to return to his home in the land of Israel, but he's pursued. So eventually, with his gift of gab and kindness and honesty, Jacob mollifies Levan, but he continues his journey. By now, he regards himself as a fugitive. Um, he's fleeing. It's really a terrible, terrible existence. Now, it's very noteworthy. I don't know if you agree with me, but it's noteworthy that the option of fleeing, of running away, does not appear in the literature as being an option that Yaakov considered. He apparently stops, reassesses, and he says, I'm done running. Now it is his turn to face his problems and his adversary head-on, face to 
face. Um, as a life coach, I often talk to clients. And one of the most important acts, one of the first acts, people trying to regain control or discover control in their life is to stop running from the discomfort of life, but instead an exercise, I say, write down three things that you know need to be done and choose one each day to run toward, to run into. It is the first step in gaining mastery over one's life. Jacob He's preempted, of course, by this mysterious confrontation with the angel of Esau before an actual encounter with his brother. This encounter comes upon him suddenly, unexpectedly. It's a threat that he cannot escape from. Jacob wrestles with his adversaries, but in that ensuing struggle, he's injured. He prevails, though, and he emerges triumphant. So triumphant, in fact, that his adversary, adversary is forced to bless him and acknowledge his greatness. His greatness. It's this encounter with the angel that somehow brings home to Yaakov the futility of attempting to escape, meeting with his brother. So here he goes and he has this confrontation. You know, there are a lot of problems in life. And in fact, life is actually a series of problems that we often attempt to deal with by ignoring them running from them. Does it ever prove successful? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Eventually, we all have to meet up with our own A-self, or at least with our own angel, the ideas that an angel represents. Judaism does not attempt to escape from the world. That really is the essence of who we are. Instead, it always attempts to encourage us to face it, to argue, to teach, to debate, to instruct, but to retain our faith and our values. History has shown us how it's impossible to avoid confrontation. I mean, one could cloister themselves, I suppose, but even then you would find different kinds of stresses. But not to avoid confrontation in the realm of ideas and beliefs or normative behavior. Remember what we spoke about earlier? Being able to face up to a problem and the ramification is the first step towards being able somehow to solve or overcome the problem with adequate, sometimes, you know, not tiptoeing through the tulips, but an adequate resolution. Because, in fact, only people that are at peace with themselves can really be constructive and positive in life for themselves and for others. This is the realization that impels Yaakov to speak out, to seek out, sorry, to seek out his brother before establishing himself in the land of Israel and beginning to fulfill the mission and the blessings that were rightly given to him. You know, as we finish today's program, I think very often Torah hides in every corner, but there's one Final thought uh, comes from a Sefer, a book called the Torah Success Principles, and it's based on the book of Mishle. And it says, the way one looks at the world is the kind of world he shall have. That's something else for us to ponder on, to think about. Do we have a positive outlook? 
do we have a negative outlook? Are we using our speech, our interaction, our communication, and even our difficult moments, are we using it awash in gratitude and the holiness upon which we've been blessed, or are we trying to out-clever the next guy? Indeed, the way we look at the world is the kind of world we will have. Shabbat Shalom U'mivorach from Jerusalem. Inside News on Israel. At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candlelighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. Howdy, this is Rita from League City, Texas, now living in Israel. And though my heart may have belonged to Texas, it now belongs to Israel and all the fantastic show hosts at Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, this is Michael Solomon from Kiryat Arba, Israel. And why do I love listening to Israel News Talk Radio? Because I love listening to the interesting interviews they do and their news reporting that most other media sources don't cover. Hey, this is Nicole Eko from Malmo, Sweden. It gets pretty cold here in Sweden, so I love cuddling up with a warm cup of tea while I listen to Israel News Talk Radio. Hey, everybody, this is Frank Garrett from Tennessee. Me and my dog Buster really love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. 
You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.